You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Thank you. I'm going to keep this short, but obviously with the week that we've just had, where our theme was shipwrecked, rescued by Jesus, how could we not look at something in the Bible that reflects this theme? That is not just for children. It is for adults of all ages. It's not just for men, it's for women. It's for every nationality. Shipwrecked is in the Bible, and I'm going to be looking at a few verses from Acts 27 and 28, so may God bless his word today to our souls, in Jesus' name. Here are some of the verses. We're looking at a guy called Paul, who was a famous, mighty man of God, an apostle in the Bible, and he was on a ship in the Mediterranean when a storm blew up. It says, as the ship was sailing... Suddenly a violent wind struck up, and we, that's the ship, were caught in a violent storm. The wind blew so hard against us that we tried to get shelter. We sailed slowly for many days under difficult conditions, but the wind was against us. And then Paul said, God spoke to me in a dream saying, you will run aground on an island, but you and all who sail with you will be saved. After the shipwrecked, shipwreck, we learned this island was called Malta. And there the locals were kind and they built a bonfire for us against the rain and the cold. And it goes on to say that after a while, God moved in miracles in that place. And then Paul and his companions were able to continue the journey. So this ship had a couple of hundred people on it. And it was a mixture. There were a handful of Christians, Paul, Luke, and a number of others. But most of the people who were on that boat were not believers. Yet they hit a storm. And we're told right at the beginning that the wind was blowing so hard, they tried to get shelter. What does a storm mean for your everyday life? Whether you're an adult or a child, when you have a storm in your life, it's when things go against you. The wind is a symbol of trouble. If you're a kid, it could be that you're being bullied at school. Or maybe the teacher has been particularly cruel to you. Maybe mum or dad are sick at home. Maybe mum and dad aren't together anymore. Maybe you're sick. This is the stuff that can happen to any of us in life. The wind is against us. And if you're an adult, it's trouble at work or in a relationship or with your health or you can't pay a bill or loads of other things. So the wind was so hard against them, they tried to get shelter. That's what you do. That's what I do. You know what the trouble is? We try to get shelter in the wrong way. Amen? We do as humans. Everything from comfort eating in an unhealthy way, right across to substance abuse, to relationships that destroy us. We'll try and get shelter from the storm to cope with stuff in life. 
But there's one shelter that's better than any. Hallelujah. But these guys were trying to get shelter. But you know what? The Lord wouldn't allow them get the shelter. We're told they sailed slowly for many days under difficult conditions. Why? Here we have it again. It keeps saying the same thing. The wind was against us. When you go through a storm in your life, it's like you're in slow motion. When things are going really well, maybe you had a great day yesterday or Friday, the sun was shining, it was warm. It's like the day was gone like that. But if things are against you, if you're sick, or if someone you love isn't talking to you and they're fighting, it's like this time slows down. So for Paul and all these guys, it was like forever. This thing was going on. The wind was against them. It was slow. It was difficult. Where and when is this going to stop? And maybe there's somebody here this morning and you're right in the middle of a storm in your life and you're wondering, will this ever stop? Yes, it will. Would anyone say amen? The thing is, Any of us can get shipwrecked, but who will rescue us? Jesus. Well, it's interesting. Paul then, after this was going on for a while, he spoke to all of the guys on the ship, and most of them weren't believers in Jesus at all. But he said God spoke to him, and the promise that God gave him was that you, Paul, and all who sail with you will be saved. You see, the Christian in the storm, whether you're a child or an adult, if we've got the wind against us, what's the first thing we should do? Any of the kids answer me. What's the first thing you do in a storm? The fir- okay, wrong answer. The first thing you do is pray. Amen. You pray. You pray. And what did Paul do? He prayed. And when he prayed... Who do we pray to? Who do we pray to? Jesus. We pray to Jesus. And Jesus, God gave him a promise. You and all who sail with you will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from the storm. What does that mean to you and me today? Not only does God rescue us from trouble in our life, he saves our souls for eternity. Would anyone say amen? He blesses us and helps us in this life and he gives us eternal life in the next life so we don't have to go to hell, we go to heaven. Hallelujah. I wonder is this a promise for anyone's family here today? Because really, who sails with you? It's your family. It's your family. I remember my mother, when I was a kid, used to love the old Christy Moore song called The Voyage, all about a couple. Anyone remember that song? Yeah, they, a lot of the old the Irish people remember. So it's about a couple getting married and he compares their marriage to a boat and then they get their own crew, which is their kids. And the theme of the song is life is a voyage. And I think we all identify with that, that um, our family are the people who sail with us. They're the ones we're probably connected to. You might say, I don't want to sail with my family. I get it. I get it. But still our family are the people we're connected to. But God gave Paul this promise. I wonder, prophetically, is he giving this promise to some of us here today? You and all who sail with you will be saved. I'd love to say everyone who sails with me is saved. I don't think I can say that. 
But I believe by faith that God will do a miracle in every life. And I'm going to claim this promise for all who sail with me. Maybe you could claim this promise as well. God gave Paul this promise and that's exactly what God did for him. And so they're in the Mediterranean and we're told that they in fact were shipwrecked and they did run aground on an island. And verse 1 in verse 28 says, they learned the island they were on was called Malta. Some people think the Bible is just a fairy tale. It's not. It's historical. It's accurate. You can believe it. Amen. Amen. It's trustworthy. Malta isn't a makey up place. Malta is one of the nations in the European Union. In fact, Malta is where Michael is going on his holidays in August. Isn't that right, Michael? And you really don't want to go, do you? (laughs) In fact, where Michael is going on his holidays in Malta, if you go in towards Valletta, the capital, the name of the harbour or the bay is called St. Paul's Bay. And it's called that after this account in history. So there was a very real place that they were rescued because the Lord didn't allow any of them. And there were 276 on that ship and the Lord didn't allow any of them to die. Yeah, they lost some cargo, but every one of them was saved. Hallelujah. And Malta isn't just a name picked out of the sky because we know that Malta means refuge, a safe place, a place where you and I can be safe. If you will, Malta in this story is is a symbol of the Christian church. The Christian church should be a place of refuge. Like in the Old Testament, there were specific cities of rescue, of refuge, sorry, six such cities across Israel. In the same way, this is carrying on that tradition theologically of a place of refuge for the people of God, a place we can run, a place we can be rescued in. And the Christian church should act like that. When you come into a Christian church, it should be a safe place. Who'll say amen? It should be a place where we are nourished and built up and encouraged. And I'm even going to use the L word, loved. Mightn't get a lot of it out there. Maybe you do, but you'll get it in here and you should get it in other Christian churches as well. And look what happened. Look at the locals. The locals, they're the ones really who should be looking after people who come in. And we're told they were kind in verse 2. And they built a bonfire to warm us from the rain and the cold. So when people are rescued by Jesus... There should be others who are willing to come around them and build a symbolic bonfire. We don't have to build a physical one, but people will be coming in our doors and do, and they are symbolically wet and cold, and we're the ones who should make it warm and welcoming for them. Hallelujah. Isn't it interesting, Michael, that Malta was raining and cold? Where you're going on your holidays will be raining and cold. Why don't you go to Ballybunion and that caravan? There's no rain and cold in Ireland, Michael. It's only in Malta. (laughs) But you get the... What's that? (laughs) No, it was probably January, I'd say. But here we have it. 
They were rescued and it, the locals looked after them. Can I say to anyone who loves the Lord here, praise God for the blessings in your personal life. But if all we can see is just our own blessing, we'll never grow. To really grow, we have to bless others. Amen? And everyone has a unique gift that no one else can do. Everyone has their own calling. And we can help others by making sure they're warm, making sure they're okay in very different ways. So this is what we see. Let me move on because time is against me. Um, but we're told in Colossians 1.13, God has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and brings us into the kingdom of his son, Jesus. So this whole theme that our children were learning this week is all about Jesus rescuing us. On Friday, I saw the children coming down the stairs and Alan was in front of them and I, I heard them before I saw them. I was out at the door talking to parents as they were collecting the kids and all I heard was, Jesus rescues, Jesus rescues. And we heard it again today. And that's what the Bible tells us. Some people go, no, that's really simple. Ah, it's so simple, it's profound. Jesus rescues. And Romans warns us that some people think it's too silly, it's too foolish. And their foolishness leads to their own death. They're so proud, if you will, that they can't accept such a simple message. It's not complicated, but it is deep and it's wonderful and it's profound. So God has rescued us out of the kingdom of darkness. Praise God. So we have been rescued by Jesus if we believe him, if we follow him. And children, if you have never asked Jesus into your life, you can do it at any time. You can do it at age 5 or 10 or 15 or anything in between. Amen? Amen? And adults, we need Jesus. We need the moral compass. We need the blessed boundaries. We need the blessing in this life. And we need the certainty of heaven before us. Let me come towards a conclusion and do this one last verse. If we are rescued... Um, Paul, that same Paul who was rescued, writes to Timothy later on and he says to this young man, hold on to your faith and a good conscience, not like some who have made shipwreck of their faith. If we've been rescued by Jesus, hear me today, let's stay rescued. Let's not make shipwreck of our faith. Nobody does it deliberately. It's just a gradual thing where we gradually go cold. Uh, it's a bit like leprosy in the Bible. It, there was no pain in it. It's a gradual thing. When leprosy came to someone as an illness, they just gradually drifted, gradually stopped reading their Bible, gradually stopped praying, gradually stopped giving, gradually stopped being involved in their local church. They didn't make a decision. They just drifted. But you know what? One day, they made shipwreck of their faith. And it was gone and it was over. And what Jesus wants us to do is if we are rescued, we need to stay rescued. Praise God. So brothers and sisters today, maybe one or two of us need to say, Jesus, will you rescue me? I need rescuing from today on. Maybe more of us need to say, I'm going to pray that not only myself, but all who sail with me, all my family will be saved. 
And maybe some of us need to say, Lord, I'm rescued. Will you make sure I stay rescued? Let's stand up for the final part of our uh, meeting this morning. We're going to sing that beautiful song we sang earlier, You Alone Can Rescue. And then just where you stand, we're going to pray. Let's spend the last few minutes of our service here before the Lord, doing a bit of business with him. Maybe your family aren't here, but you're here and you can pray for them. Praise God. So let's sing the song. Can we throw the words up? Who, O Lord, could save themselves? Their own soul could heal. Our shame is deeper than the sea. Your grace is deeper still. Look at the chorus. You alone can rescue. You alone can save. You alone can lift us from the grave. You came down to find us, led us out of death. To you alone belong the highest praise. If you're in a storm and it looks like you're going to die and Jesus rescues you, that's what happened to me. That's the grave. And he rescues us from the grave. Hallelujah. Let's sing the song. Roll. Who alone can save themselves? close our eyes on stage and off stage if there is anyone here who really can say I've never been rescued by Jesus but today I know he's going to rescue me can you slip your hand up with nobody watching you and then take your hand down again Jesus Christ forgive me my sin I turn from my old ways and I ask you and I invite you to come into my life into my heart into my mind Jesus rescue me give me a new life I want you to be my leader my saviour and my friend in Jesus' name. Amen. Will we give these two guys a round of applause? God bless you. Come and talk to us afterwards. Make sure you talk to someone about this decision you've made. How many people here want to pray for their family that all who sail with me will be saved? 
Your family could be anywhere in the world. Jesus isn't confined by geography. And when I say family, it could be parents, brothers, sisters, kids, anyone. Just where you stand, in the palm of your hand, put the people you're praying for. In your mind's eye, just think of their face or faces. Lord, as we lift our families before you, not only do you see their faces now, wherever they are, whatever they're doing or not doing, oh God, we stand in your house this morning. We are broken, but you are mighty. We are weak, but you are strong. And we call on our mighty God this morning, just as you have rescued us, Lord, would you rescue all who sail with us, wherever they are. We pray for parents and siblings and children and grandchildren and extended family. And we ask you, oh God, rescue our families this morning. We believe by faith this is your heartbeat. Oh God, we represent our family. We stand in the gap at the wall and we pray Jesus rescue them and we pray in your name and God's people said hallelujah I believe by the Holy Spirit the Lord is challenging someone who has given up praying for their family it's as if recently you've just got hard answers and cold looks and I'm prophesying to whoever you are that what's going on is on the outside but you have no concept of what God is doing in their heart God is at work even if you can't see it so don't give up when anyone say amen some of us need to pray maybe all of us thank you for being rescued I need to stay rescued that I won't make shipwreck of my faith if you want to pray that I'm going to put up my hand for it just where you stand you're welcome to lift up your hand Lamb of God, look at these men and women, all of us here. We thank you that we are rescued. It is the most precious gift we could ever get. Thank you that we have found the pearl of great price and that we love you today, Lord. And we pray now, Lord, that in our minds and in our hearts that we would not gradually drift away from you. We say amen. We ask you, Lord, that we would never make shipwreck of our faith. We would never walk away from you. We would never forget about you, but that always in our hearts and in our minds, we would remember our first love, that our love and our devotion to you would not decrease, but it would increase. We ask you that this would be our future, and we prayed in Jesus' name, and for one more time, the people of God said, Amen. Let's sing this song one more time before we close.
you to everyone for taking the time in high summer to come and join the people of God. Particularly those of you who don't have children here, we really appreciate your generosity of spirit in supporting the intergenerational work of the church. Normal services resume on Tuesday and next Sunday and we're serving coffee upstairs if you have time to join us in our atrium. The band are going to play us out. If you have to go, God bless you. Hope to see you Tuesday or Sunday. Over to Roll and the band. God bless you.